What's good, everybody? Today, we are going to ask ourselves, does Kyle Kuzma have an unofficial no-trade clause? We definitely going to talk about that. And we're going to do mid-season uh, grades for Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma and the three amigos and Denny Bilal and Corey Kispert. And we got a special guest today, so we're definitely going to have a lot to talk about next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Brandon Scott again with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. And today we have special guest, DC Hoopla. How you feeling today, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right, fellas. Thanks for the invite. How you guys doing this evening? We're managing, man. <laughs> oh, God. Can't complain. Can't complain. No, sir. <laughs> so today, man, we're going to talk about, does Kyle Kuzma have an unofficial no-trade clause? Because obviously some news came out about um, his proposed trade to the Dallas Mavericks. And then we're going to look at midseason grades for Kyle Kuzma, Jordan Poole, and the three young guys in Denny Bilal and Corey Kispert. So, again, definitely appreciate you guys today making Lockdown Wizards your first listen every single day. So, let's get into it. So, there was news today, um, and I'm going to bring it up in, on, on X, where he said that they were very close to trading him. And they were very transparent and said, hey, they, they showed him the deal. He said, do you want to go? And he said, ultimately said that he wanted to be part of the rebuild here in D.C. So, do you think he has an unofficial no-trade clause, or what, what do you think is going on with uh, the organization as far as the front office and Kyle Kuzma? <laughs> I think uh, in reality, it was they didn't have the deal that they wanted. So they just went to Kyle Kuzma to ask him, like, look, you know, Dallas is a team that's interested in you. Um, we probably can get a first round pick. We don't really like the deal, but if you want to go, then we'll go ahead and send you there. What do you think? Kyle Kuzma said no. And that's that. Um, <clears throat> but also, too. Spencer Dinwiddie was also looking at going to Dallas, too. So it could be a situation where Dinwiddie was like, wait a minute, Kyle Kuzma going to be there? No, that's all right. I'll choose the Lakers. <laughs> so you just – you never know, man. I mean, some people are talking about Kuzma being loyal, this, that, and the third. It's just one of those things of it wasn't the right deal. And <laughs> Kyle Kuzma just said, yeah, I'll just stick around. Why not continue to jack up 25 shots? You know, as the number one, then the jack of maybe 10 shots as a number three or number four on a winning team. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, I mean, you definitely hit, hit some good points there. Kyle Kuzma, he likes where he's at, man. And we talked about this before the trade deadline because I want to say it was Brian Windhorst said that they were not inclined to trade him or that he really wants to stay here and be in D.C. Like, they've done everything to kind of make him happy with the whole fashion show before the season and, you know, the hats and the bobbleheads and marketing Kyle Kuzma and Kyle Kuzma knows that he has the green light and that he's the number one guy. He can take any shot that he wants. He can dribble the ball and in the clutch. He can take whatever shot he feels like doing. So he knows he's not going to get that opportunity with the Mavericks. You know, he's going to be the third guy on the Mavericks, obviously behind Luca and Kyrie. He likes that spotlight. And he was quoted to say that, you know, he already won a championship. He's not one of these guys that hasn't got a ring, so he knows what it feels like. Um, yeah, he said, uh, I understand that when we play this game of basketball, it's not about contending for a playoff spot. It's about contending for an NBA championship. There's only like three or four contenders, true contenders. I just felt like our timelines didn't line up. So 
Uh, I think he, he really likes where he's at. And then you brought up the point with Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie said between the Mavericks and the Lakers, and we all know they don't like each other at all, as he called them, Din, you know, S-word, Din, Shiggity. <laughs> so they don't get along at all. So that makes sense there. But, yeah, I think if if Winger and Dawkins, if it was two first-round picks, I think they would have did a Tommy Shepard style where with John Wall, you know, he's like, we're not going to trade you. And then he's like, okay, yeah, we see this deal that we like. We're definitely going to trade you. We're not going to tell you about it. So if it was two first-round picks, then I think they would have pulled a Tommy Shepard and they wouldn't even showed him the deal. They would have just pulled the trigger and, and, and told him that, hey, man, we thank you for your service and you would have been traded. So, yeah, and the article said that it was, it was a lukewarm. They were lukewarm to the deal, so they probably didn't like it. Um, it probably might have been something similar to the Gafford deal where it was a first-round pick and maybe like Grant Williams or somebody like that. And they're like, eh, we don't really want that. You know, we're going to get a first, but we want more than that. We want a younger player that's that can kind of help us in the future and whatnot. So, but no, it's it's um it, it's nice that Kuz wants to be here, but eventually we know down the road that you know he he's he's gonna be moving on. They're they're gonna hopefully get a, a good first round pick, a lottery pick or something like that from Kuz. So I think it's more of they didn't like the deal, like you said as well. If they love the deal, he would be gone. Yeah, I mean, like I'm a big Kyle Kuzma fan, man. Um, I think he has been good here in DC as far as a leadership standpoint, uh, becoming a complete player. Obviously, in DC as a number one option, he's gonna get as many. He's got the green light, you know, kind of what Jordan Poole said. He's got the greenest green light. So, you know, this is the pie, the only place in the NBA where he has the opportunity to be that lead scorer and pretty much do whatever he wants offensively on the court. Um, so I, I get all that. Now, I did think they should have moved him because I think uh, you. Eventually, you're gonna have to move him, man. Um, yeah, because I mean, a lot of people are surprised, and I, I don't know why is everybody surprised because the ammo behind the move was eventually in the middle of that deal, he was gonna get moved. Both parties knew this was going on, so you know, the fact that people are surprised that they're, they're shopping him, I don't know why he's surprised. Um, because eventually, you have to move on from him, but I get it, you know, like I said, you know, DC gives him the opportunity to be that number one option. I was, you know, and like I said, I wasn't very happy to tra- uh, trade deadline, I thought we didn't do enough. I thought that uh, um, Gafford didn't necessarily need to be moved, even though if you find the right move, move him. But I felt like every veteran on this team should be off the team because I felt like we have to start this rebuild at some point. You know, we got to get – we have to make the emphasis on the young guys at some point. So that was where I was at. But then I kind of thought about it. I was like, well, you know, if we keep the current squad, I mean, they're, gonna, they're not going to win much games, so we're still in line to, to get that top five pick. So – you know, like I said, he's good for leadership, uh, good for young guys. I mean, outside of Jordan Poole, because they've had their moments, man. But um, eventually, you got to move. You got to move him at some point, you know, because and Jordan Poole, that's a whole nother conversation. Lord Hammers. But, you know, <laughs> he has been good in D.C. for a leadership standpoint. But, you know, his value and, and another thing to look at is his value ain't going to get higher. I mean, this whole noise about him getting two second round picks is like check somebody's cup, man, because he ain't Pascal Siakam. Like he's, you know, you're not going to get that two first round picks. And even if you do get a first round pick, it's going to be a late round pick. It's not going to be a lottery pick because rebuilding teams aren't going to give you a first round pick for a guy who, you know, isn't a player that you're not going to, you're going to build around because no disrespect to Goose. He's not a, he's not a guy you're going to build around. He's a guy who's good for culture, which if you see now, you know, with under new interim head coach, Brian Keith, they're playing harder. You know, you see the culture of playing to win, which is, is key in a rebuild building that culture of playing to win and not just throwing the white flag at the beginning of the fourth quarter like it was in the West Sunset Junior. So I, I like what they're doing culture-wise, but here's the thing. At this, you got to move them, man. you got to move them at some point because, you know, because my emphasis was if we keep him after the deadline, then you got to bring those shot attempts down. I mean, we talking about 25 attempts a night, man, and 
He hmm. is way too reliant on that jumper, man. I mean, that jumper is his number one option. I mean, he he settles on that jumper way too often. And with his frame, he needs to drive the drive the lane a lot more. And he needs to get these young guys involved a lot more. So that was my big consistency, man, if he stayed. Bring the shot attempts down and look to get everybody else involved. So yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. one time disagree. <laughs> yeah, go, man. As, as far as the no trade clause, of course, you know, he doesn't have one officially right now, but it's nah. just funny to joke about it because obviously we saw what happened with Bradley Bill, and it just kind of feels like a little bit it, it will never be that, that you know, that you know, it, it, it won't be to that case of it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it's just funny to hear about it that they actually went to him because a lot of times GMs don't do that. You know, we've seen Harrison mm-hmm. Barnes get traded while he was sitting on the bench right before a game. So this is something that a lot of a lot of guys don't do that. These guys are honest and uh, it's good to know that they're honest and they're upfront mm-hmm. about it, you know, because yeah. it, it can be a shrewd business. You see how these general managers like I brought up Tommy Shepard. He'll tell, tell you one thing. Next thing you know, you're 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 on a plane to another city. So mm-hmm. it could happen like that. But I think they'll be honest with Coos. And um, it's just about a respect factor, too. So it's. Yeah. Good, good for you know income of free agents. They look at that. They're like, hey, Michael Winger, Will Dog. We can tr- trust these guys. They'll be honest and transparent about things. So I guess you can look at it that way. That's that's a good thing. But I do think eventually Kuz will be moved, <clears throat> if not this off season coming up, probably within the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree hundred percent with that, man. And they're trying to do what Golden State did, right? You know, Golden State was not a free agent destination. People forget that. All these Golden State Warrior fans that all of a sudden popped up, they were trash for a long time. I mean, I'm talking about when Monte Ellis was there, when Barrett Davis was there. I mean, so they had to make it an environment where, you know, they reward you for playing well in long term. Look at that core. They've been together for a while now. They're trying to create an area where people want to come and play here, man. So I, I, I get it. It's just, you know, when do you get to the point where loyalty is at a fault? You know, Bradley Bill was a dumpster fire. I mean, we everybody under the sun was pointing at that being probably one of the worst decisions you could have made for this franchise. And mm-hmm. you know, Tommy, yeah, Tommy was a little shicey at times, man. And that's probably why he's at the on the couch right now. But one thing I can say <laughs> is that I mean, I, I don't even know what to say because <laughs> this arrow is just full of so many, so many questionable moves, man. But so but I get it, you know, the kind of uh before we move on, man. I get it loyalty-wise as far as trying to solidify a place for people to come here. But at a certain point, man, loyalty can't be at a fault. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, okay. I agree. I'll, I'll make it very, very quick. Um, I agree with everything you said as far as loyalty being at a fault because we're an organization that's always focused on loyalty. We always worry about character over skill. Um, yeah. It's one of those things that we'll say, hey, look, please just stay with us. We'll, we'll pay you whatever it is you want. <laughs> Just stay. And then the player will stay. Why would any player want to go somewhere else where they can win when they can just win in the bank account and stay in D.C. and get all the shot attempts they want? So as I've told my partner, uh, Wiztex, I said, look, I said, they did say that Bilal Koulibaly is the only player that's really safe. Yeah. Everybody else is available. As we saw, Gafford was traded. They were trying to move Coos. They were trying to move. Uh, they was trying to move Tyus. They even dangled Denny out there. And Denny is playing very well. But as I told him, I said, look, I'm not going to get attached to these guys because there's a possibility at some point they're going to pull the umbilical cord off of these dudes. At some point, they're going to do that. And I think when it comes to coups, the deal just wasn't to their liking. But 
if it was two first round picks, which I think they're going to have to do a three or 14 trade to get that done, I'll be driving them to the airport. Mm. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm gassing it up. So I mean, <laughs> I definitely get it, man. I think the asking price was a little high, but I get it. But you got, you got to be realistic at the end of the day. Two first rounders ain't going to happen. It's like the deal before a uh, four second round. They should have took that because he turned around and got Monte Morris for like, like One a second, quarter yeah, yeah. of the asking price. Yeah. So, you know, they got to be smart going forward, man. So we'll go ahead and move on, man. Uh, I think we all agree. He doesn't have a true trade clause, but pretty daggone close. So moving on before we, uh, we're going to get into mid season grades. How does Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma grade for you guys at the mid season point. But before we do tonight's episode is brought to you by hungry roots. Hungry Root is your partner in healthy living. It's the easiest way to get fresh and high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. Take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and a lot more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you the delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root would recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal taste, but each order is fully customizable. Take your suggestions or choose anything you want. They got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Save hours planning, shopping, and cooking. Hungry Root delivers food you'll definitely love. So right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA and Locked On Wizards listeners 40% 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash locked on to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash locked on. Don't forget to use our link so they know that we sent you guys. And Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts at Locked On, plus the national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on free Fire TV channels app. So, grading time. We had the midseason point. Our All Star break is right around the corner. So, we're looking at uh, two or our two top scoring options. Obviously, Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole. And um, kind of just give me a grade. And why do you give him that grade? And we're gonna start with you, uh, DC Hoopla. We're gonna start with uh, Kyle Kuzma. What are you grading him? Um. I would actually give Kyle Kuzma. Let me let me let me pull up the stands because I don't. I, I know there's a lot of Kyle Kuzma stands out there. They they'll be mad at me if I <laughs> if I just give him just some random grade for no reason. But if I would give him a grade, I I give him a C. I think he's been pretty okay, not great, <laughs> but um, <laughs> and I know I'm gonna probably get a lot of flack for that. But it's this efficiency, you know, how do we? He's not efficient. Um. He's averaging 21.8 points a game this season. I mean, I guess you can do that. I mean, you get to shoot 25 to 30 times every night. Um, But his leadership, I will give him credit. He has been good towards the young guys. Um, He's trying to get those guys engaged. Um, He's also trying to teach them how to be professional. So I will give him credit for that. Um, But, yeah, I I, I give him a C. I mean, we're – Okay, gotcha. What are you thinking Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we think Yeah, Kuz. It, it kind of is in that um that B B minus. I would say C plus B minus kind of range. Uh, you know, he's shooting thirty two percent from the three, forty five percent from the field. There was that lapse 
kind of right before West got let go or fired, or um, I guess I'll be nice. And he was transitioned to a front office role instead of saying fired um, where he just looked like he didn't want to be here. And I was like, you know, I thought he was going to get traded because the way he was playing the shots he was taking and just looked like he was out of it. Body language wasn't really great at all. Um, but yeah, he's had some good games. Of course, you know, he's had some 30 point games here and there, 25, 28 point games. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's kind of been the typical coups. I just don't like the shot selection that he has in the final two minutes of the game. He's kind of shot us out of the game sometimes. There's some times where he'll pull up from dang near the logo, and it's like there's seven seconds. There's ten seconds left on the shot clock. We don't need that. You know, mm-hmm. let's move the ball. Him and Jordan Poole are kind of doing the same thing as far as that. You, you know, you see nine seconds on the, nine seconds left on the shot clock, and it's like we can get a better shot than that. But um, I think he's he's a he's a legitimate professional championship winner he's always honest in the interviews and whatnot i do think he is a good mentor for some guy young guys i think they do look up to him they get along with him all that good stuff um he has been yelling at jordan Poole, which he's not the only one so i would just say hey you know kind of dial back on that a little bit just kind of the going back and forth with jordan Poole if he can i know it's kind of i know it's been frustrating everybody's frustrated with jordan Poole. that's the only thing i would say as well but on the court yeah it's just the typical stuff that we've seen with him, you know, just the shot selection. Um, there was one game where he had zero assists. That's inexcusable. But, um, yeah, he's a good rebounder. He's a good player. Like, he, we all know he's a good player, and he would definitely help another team. You know, he's not going to get traded this year, obviously. But, um, you know, I think he's a darn good player where he can definitely help somebody out, another team. And we'll see where he ends up in the next couple of years. But, um, yeah, I, I would say that B-minus, C-plus range. I don't think anybody really – has an A at this point, but I'll just stay on Kuz. And, um, yeah, I mean, just some of the consistency and shot selection is, is a huge part for me. But I think he's 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 had a solid season as far as his trade value. I don't think his trade value has diminished at all. No, not at all. Um, looking at the Gradom, uh, Kyle Kuzma averaging 21.8 points a game, 4.2 assists, and 6.3 rebounds. Um, I'm, I guess I'm gonna roll with the positive first. Uh, I mean, he has been a leader. You know, he has been a leader. Um, I, for one, don't have any problem with him yelling at Jordan Poole. Somebody need to yell at this dude, man. Like, somebody <laughs> got to get him. I mean, and I've seen they, they've been going at it lately, man. So, um, yeah, no. he, the leadership is there, man. You know, he's definitely shown leadership. Um, he is a consistent source, 20-plus points a night. So, we definitely know that, you know, he has struggled. Um, when You know, when a lot of the trade news is going on, he actually dipped down a little bit, but he has brought it, his production back up. But the negatives, um, he does not utilize his frame. 6'9, 6'10. Uh, he has the ability to drive the lane, and he does not do that enough, in my opinion, to draw fouls. And I mean, he's too hesitant on that jump shot, especially that three-point shot. I mean, that seems to be his first choice. Like he's just he's quick on it. And him and Jordan Poole are, ju- are both so bad at utilizing the shot clock. I mean, you're looking at, you know, I'm, we're gonna get on Jordan Poole in a minute, but I mean, shooting the ball one, two, maybe three seconds of the shot clock, and then I mean, uh, Drew Gooden said it himself, man. It, it's you got to utilize the shot clock like two seconds and you're shooting the ball. Not it's they got to utilize it. So um, to me, that's a big knock inefficiency. You know, um, I mean, I mean, hoopla already said it, man. I've been saying it all year long. I'm pretty sure people are tired of hearing about it. The inefficiency just, it, it really kills us, man, because you're shooting the ball 25, 30 times a night, man. And it just, it takes us out of games. We're not, we're not drawing up plays. We're not utilizing the shot clock. We're not passing the ball around. It's just, it's a lot of ISO ball with him and Jordan Poole. And but then when you see the team ball, that ball movement, 
we win games. And I know it's only been nine times, but we win games. They look good. These last three games after the, the trade deadline, they've been fighting hard. They've been playing hard. And I think a lot more has to do with the young guys really stepping up because, man, I'm trying to say, Denny has broken out. Offensively, we knew what he could do defensively, but offensively, he is starting to look really, really good. Uh, Corey Kispert, we don't give him enough credit. I mean, we know he's a sniper. We know we need a basketball IQ. We know he's a cutter. But his defense, he's he's putting an effort in there. He's becoming a dog. Now, is he a stopper? Nah, but he's a guy who he is definitely playing at a high level. And, you know, I love what I see from uh, Kispert. And Bilal is a pest, man, on the defensive end. It just And when his offense comes along, we have definitely found a jewel in the rough. In my, in my opinion, he's a star in the making, man. Just give him some time to develop, and he's good. So, what you know, with Kuz, and I said this, I said if they retain him, that he's got to bring those shot attempts down. He's got to bring it down. You know, and, he, and he's been doing that. He's been averaged around 18, 17 to 18 shot attempts his last three games. So, he's getting the guys, other, you know, the other guys involved. So, that's all I ask, you know. So, yeah, it was kind of a long uh, with it answer, man, but I'm going to give him a B. I mm-hmm. think that he's definitely been a consistent source of, of points, and he's a leader. It's just the efficiency kills us, and you know, the, the the shot clock, not utilizing. I just don't understand it, man. So, the, yeah, I'm going to give him a B. Yeah. So um, one, one thing I will say right now in the league, he's he is uh, fourth in field goals missed in the whole NBA. He's 19th in three-point attempts. He's fifth in field goal attempts. And uh, usage percentage, he's 14th in the NBA. Uh, Two-point field goal attempts, he's 16th. So he's he's at the top, top half of the league. He's 16th in turnovers as well right now so he's in the top half of the league in shots and he's in the top half of the league in turnovers like top, yeah top he has an unofficial no trade clause after you didn't sit there and sit all that <laughs> all right. yeah so we're gonna go ahead and move on to jordan pool man the the pool party that hasn't started yet but before we do uh tonight's episode is brought to you by ebay motors you gonna talk about yes, the sir. ebay motors tonight yes sir today's episode tonight's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. All right. So let's go ahead and step into, I guess we'll just go ahead and we'll talk about Jordan Poole. Uh, next episode, we'll get into the young guys and then mm-hmm. ties and go on from there. Because uh, I'm sure we got a lot to talk about when it comes to Jordan Poole. The key acquisition of the Golden State Warriors trade with us, sitting Chris Paul in exchange for him, Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rollins, who is no longer with the team, but we ain't going to get into that. Um, so looking at Jordan Poole, um, pulling up his stats real quick, 15.6 points a game, 3.6 assists a game, and 2.4 rebounds a game. Um so what do you guys grade him? Obviously, he has not hit the ground. The ground you know the phrase. He has not done well here in D.C. So um, starting with D.C. Hoopla, man, uh, what are you thinking? What's his grade? I asked you guys earlier, what's worse than F? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I, I don't think I've ever seen a player have such a major drop-off like him. Um, yeah. He's out there. He, he looks – 
disinterested. He looks, I can tell one thing, his confidence is not there. Um, he rushes in the shot clock too, because he'll pull up for a three-pointer. Yep. Sometimes he'll pull up for them Steph Curry threes. I'm like, man, what are you doing? And, um, you know, I, I can tell he's a little bit immature as well. I, I, I know some people say, well, that's the reason why Draymond punched him. But um, I don't, you know, I, I see a lot of people on Wizards Twitter say bench him, you know, to teach him a lesson. Well, if you bench him, he's only going to get worse. So I'm like, if, if we, we know he shouldn't be starting, but you're not going to really help him if you put him on a bench either. So then you're probably going to make him disgruntled. But, man, I I, I mean, F. That's, that's I mean, I, he got a, he's a failing grade. I can't I, I'm trying to really re, I really want him to play well. But every game he just I mean, he went he shot one for 12 yesterday, man. That's like that's the date of January. I'm like, what is going on? So and then he shot one for seven from downtown. Another January date. So, I mean, he just gets an F. <laughs> what do you think, he? Yeah, I'll give, him, I'll give him a D. He really does deserve an F. The only reason why I give him a D is because now he's looking at the clipboard. He's paying attention. And at the beginning <laughs> of the season, we had that problem. And then, you know, he was throwing the ball to the backboard. We had a shack in the pool. So he's kind of calmed down with that. Looking at some of his numbers, too, he's actually really up there with personal fouls. He's eighth in the yeah. league in personal fouls. I don't know why he's fouling so much. He had a game where he had zero points and six fouls and literally fouled out. That was similar to Davies Bertans. That was the last time I saw a guy have zero points and six fouls and foul out. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, defensively we knew he was bad, and he's been just as bad as advertised. He can't guard anybody. The shot selection has been poor. Um, now you got not DeLon Wright has yelled at him. Kyle Kuzma's yelled at him. I feel like Denny <laughs> said something to him, too. You look at Bilal, the way he looks at him on the bench, too. You can tell guys are frustrated and they're kind of getting tired of him, honestly. The fans are fed up. They've been booing them. They're yeah. yelling F Jordan Poole. So it's not just the players, it's the fans too. So I'm rooting for the guy, man. I really want to see him succeed. Uh, me and Brandon talked about how Kevin Garnett was like, oh my gosh. Kevin Garnett, before the season started, said he's going to be James Harden. He's going to be this and that. And then two weeks later, Kevin Garnett says he shouldn't even be in the league. So it's been that kind of season for Jordan Poole. Um, he really has to do some soul searching, looking in the mirror. Uh, sports psychology or psychologist a lot of things have to go have to be done for this guy man he's super super talented but right now he's not playing anywhere near to what his potential is so i don't know what it is man but uh he he has to look in the mirror and do a lot of soul searching man yeah man everything's in hindsight right i mean looking at that trade at first it was like man okay we get a young player who hasn't hit his prime yet who who's shown he can score on a championship team but now it's like you got to look at that trade differently, man. Where it's like now you know why they were so willing to part ways with him because I, I'm gonna go ahead and grade him incomplete. I mean, it's not even an F, man. It's 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 not even a grade. It's just he hasn't even shown up. I mean, I can't even grade a guy who's still in the locker room. I mean, it, it has been a an abysmal start to his career in DC. I mean, first of all, you know, you thought he was the guy, so he's telling Denny to move down, and shut up, and then the mm -hmm. organization came out and said, "Nah, you ain't the guy." <laughs> Look, we get your value. We can probably gonna flip you, and then to change off that, you know, offensively. I mean, you're shooting the ball in transition, two seconds in the shot clock. Two. I mean, it's like you, you might as well not even have a shot clock. I mean, he's just letting it rip, and then it's just, it, it's just, it's pretty much an inbounding play. I mean, for the other team, every time he shoots the ball, I mean, it's just he comes down, he shoots the ball. It's just, it's the the shack in the full moments. The trying to be Hollywood. I mean, he's trying to be fancy. KP blocks him. 
I mean, it's just – and then, yeah, I, I, I will admit he's starting to lock in as far as looking at plays, man. But, I mean, what are we really asking? What are we saying with that, man? Like, he's locked in because he's doing something that he should have been doing from the get-go. Like, it's just it's, – <laughs> it's crazy, man, because the Hollywoodness on the court, the attitude, you know, you got the fan base saying F you. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a player get yelled at from this fan base because this is a very loyal fan base, man. I mean, they were loyal to yeah, Pecans. There you go. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's been abysmal. The attitude, man, the Hollywood is just, it, it, you know, not paying attention, running his mouth. It's just, it's been, it's a bad contract. Let's call it what it is. It's a bad contract. And now, I mean, if you look at his trade, like I said, I'm not going to get into Ryan Rollins, but, Lord, I mean, the only really competent guy in the trade is Patrick Baldwin Jr. And still he's far from a finished product because he relies on the shot and doesn't do much else. So you really got to look at that trade in hindsight and say, man, uh, would I have really have taken that Chris Paul? Because I mean, Jordan Poole right now and look, at he's got talent. He's not trash. He can play, man. I mean, he. It, but if you look at the highlight reel from this year, as opposed to last year and Golden State, he, he's a gear behind, man. Like he's not in top gear. He no, he, he's I don't know if it's mental or what's going on, but he's not running in top gear. You know, you see electrifying player in Golden State. This guy, I mean, he's just off the charts. Where in DC, you know, he's trying to be Hollywood, but is at half the speed. And then you add the whole factor where he's becoming a locker room issue. I really hope he figures it out, man. I really do because I don't want to see anybody succeed. And he's a young man. He's very young. He still has a long career ahead of him if he gets it together, and he can play. But and I said it all year long that I thought that he needs to acclimate to being in D.C. You know, it, it, it's a wild ride, man, when you go from a championship team in Golden State where a lot of these shenanigans were kind of hidden behind Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry because they are the autonomy of leadership. You know, they kind of held it behind the scenes where now in D.C. is up close and personal. You know, so we see the deficiencies of Jordan Poole, the inefficiency of shooting. You know, this, the ISO ball, just so many things. Like, I don't even think I could fit it all into one show, man, just – but I'm, I'm trying to hold in hope that he figures it out. So I'm going to give him an incomplete. I, 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 he is so bad, I'm not even going to give him an F, man. And I don't want to hear nothing about pool party, none of that, man. Ain't, ain't no party going on, man. I mean, it's just it's been bad. So um, kind of go to your point, um, Hoopla, man. I do think he needs to go to the bench. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, if you saw him in Golden State, yeah, he when he came in and he started for Stephen Curry, he played well. But his best moments in Golden State was a six-man. And I think that the pressure with him being a starter, put him in a six-man role, give him the ball for the second unit, let him run the second unit, and I think he'll be more in his element. You know, starting, he's just not a starter, man. Not right now. Um, and a two-guard, he's just not it. Um, you know, put Corey Kispert in there, put Blau in there, put a young guy in there and get some minutes to the two-guard because, you know, Tyus, again, you know, he's not a defensive-minded point guard. So when you roll with a, a, a offensive-driven point guard, having a two-guard who can defend usually – Covers up a lot of those defensive inefficiencies. Mm-hmm. So I like to see Blau there. You know, Kispert's shown enough energy on the defensive end. I think he can do good at the two guard, but I do think it's time to put him in the second unit. Um, and I, I wouldn't even call him the motion. I'm just put him where I think he'd be more comfortable, which is six man, being that microwave score off the bench. And I think if they do that, you could see a more locked in Jordan Poole. But like I said, um, I've been blessed enough, man, to be able to talk to a lot of these guys as your man. And um, you know, th- that was the one guy, man, where it's like, I don't know if he watches the show because I asked him a question. He's looking at me like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, everybody else is pretty dope. Like, he was like, yeah, I know y'all talking stuff in the media, man. Like, yeah. so he knows that there's a lot of heat coming his way, especially for the fan base because, man, 
you in year one with a new team and you getting booed outright. I'm just saying. So psychiatrists, do what you can to work him back up there. He's got too much talent. Me and E both said every episode, man. He has mm-hmm. got too much talent to fail. So that's my piece, man. Yeah, you're right. How, how much do you think him having Wes Unsell Jr. as the head coach could play a role in that? I mean, we did hear reports of him kind of like tuning him out. Yeah. So do you think that that could have also played a role in Jordan Poole where he just like, I don't know. I mean, to your point, you're going from Golden State. You come here. You don't have a whole lot of baddies sitting in the audience. You know, you got a lot more politicians sitting in the audience. You got a lot more regular people sitting there looking at you. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I just don't know what it is. And then two, how he was sent away from Golden State. He was kind of like the scapegoat. So he's here and he has the green light. And I just think mentally he's still in Golden State, even though physically he's here. And he's just been so bad. I can't, I can't even explain it. I mean, yeah, you can put him on the bench. Um, I guess you would start Bilal or either Corey Kisper, and then you're just hoping that Poole will wake up. But I just don't know if that's going to wake him up. I don't know what it's going to take. Like, I just don't know what it's going to take for him to finally wake up and just say, okay, now I'm going to play better. Maybe a change of scenery is probably what he needs. Another change of scenery. Oh yeah, I, th- I agree, man. Yeah, um, the, hey. the only thing uh, I'll go real quick. Only thing about the change of scenery thing is just like his value. Now his value is diminished. Where Kyle mm-hmm. Kuzma's kind of just stayed yeah. the same. <laughs> it's like Jordan Poole. I I don't. There's no because the, the funny thing about the trade deadline is everybody had some type of interest. The Bucks were interested in DeLon. The Timberwolves were interested in Tyus. They had a deal on the table. The Mavericks interested in Kuz, but we heard nothing for Jordan Poole. Not one team was reportedly interested in Jordan Poole. We see why. You know, it's almost to the point where you have to attach an asset to trade Jordan Poole at this point. So it's going to be very hard. And he's getting paid twenty million dollars a year, so he's kind of stuck here. I don't. I don't see him. I don't see them moving him anytime soon. You know. Yeah, it's kind of like that with all of our players. If you think about it, to your point, how did we acquire Jordan Poole? He was in a package. How did we acquire um, Tyus Jones? Package. How did we acquire Kyle Kuzma? Package. So if you look at our team, it's a a team full of role players that you're going to have to attach players just to get rid of. And you're right. I mean, Poole doesn't have any value. You're probably, if you try to trade Poole, you're probably going to get a Rui Hachimura type of return, you know, deal. You saw how that went. You got Kendrick Nunn, who's no longer in the league, and you got two future second round picks. You, I don't. You may just get that with Jordan Poole. So I think, and this goes back to the front office. At some point, you're just going to have to accept what you have, and you're going to have to take what you get for some of these guys, because there was interest in the line right, but they didn't want a late second round pick. And I'm like, well, what do you? <laughs> the fact you're even going to get a pick for this guy, you should have taken yeah. it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys, man. I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I mean, kind, kind of going back to your question, how much does Weston Sell Jr. have a lot to do with it? I think he has a lot to do with it. I'm going to tell you why. Um, Likeable guy, man. But look, this is a performance driven league. Like, you know, there's a lot of people I like, man, but you got to do your job. He was a player's coach. And in, in Washington, D.C., I don't know what it is about player coaches in D.C., man, because Ron Rivera, again, that's a whole nother conversation. But, um, <laughs> 
he you got to hold you guys to a standard. He didn't dig it into nobody, man. You know, he just had his passive look on his face. And it's like, you cannot let them run the locker room. You're the head coach. You set the standard. You are the guy who is that first voice, man. And the fact that you got a guy out here doing these shenanigans and he's still starting. Look, I'm going to be real with you. When he got swatted by KP, he would have watched the game from the bench to the remaining of the game. You be in Hollywood and all that, you're getting blown out and you're passing the ball off the backboard. It's like, no, nah, have a seat, man. Watch the rest of the game for the bench. I mean, nobody held him to a standard. Now, I'll say this about Brian Keith, man. Um, is your player's coach? Yes. But he holds standards to these guys, man. I mean, he's holding these guys to a standard. So I think that's another um, conversation. I think there's definitely another video we can bring you back on, man, because should Brian Keith be considered to be a, a candidate for head coach? Because I think that you got to evaluate him in the second half. And you might have had, we might already have our head coach, man, in my opinion, because he's setting these guys to a stand. That's what you need to do. You need mm-hmm. to put your foot down on the locker room. John Poole can, should, yeah. I mean, here's the thing it's good to have players who are leaders, but your first line of defense as far as leadership is the head coach. That is it. You you set the standard when it comes to the voice in the locker room. A player should not be the first voice. And three years, you've seen how many issues off the court? You know, you had KCP fighting in the daggone tunnel. You got Bertans fighting. I ain't never heard him talk, but he out there fighting, man. You know, he's like, come on, man. Something's got to give. So I think that West Coast Jr. had a lot to do with him not being held accountable for a lot of stuff he did on court. So, um. Yeah, so Jordan Poole, man, the pool party has not started, so we got the grades. Now, uh, before we roll, um, you guys got anything else you want to cover? No, 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 I don't really have anything else to cover, man. You're right, the pool party hasn't even started. Man, we ain't even <laughs> in, we, there's no water in the pool at this point. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. When is the draft again? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Can't get here fast enough, man. <laughs> Can't get here fast enough. <laughs> you got anything? E? No, I mean, just you know, Ted put the mandate out for them to get a first round pick, so they had to do that. You know, Gafford had a good game last night, so I'm happy for him. And then uh, Jordan Poole, we'll see what happens. But we got to get you back on because you know, we there's a lot of guys we didn't get a chance to talk about. You know, like Denny, Johnny Davis, and you know some other young guys. So, uh, but no, definitely good episode and uh, happy Valentine's to everybody. All right, happy Absolutely. Even though we all know it ain't our day. Okay, let's be real. <laughs> Just our day for our wallets. Yeah, there you go. So, so I definitely appreciate you uh, coming on, man. Uh, before we roll, you got anything you want to plug real quick? No, actually I don't. But if uh, you guys can follow me at DC Hoopla on Twitter, I'm, I'm on there pretty much every day. I'll engage with you guys and uh, just don't say nothing outrageous. You will get blocked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we we know how you feel, man. So, <laughs> so we definitely can dig it. So, again, man, appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming back on the show. We definitely going to have you back on, man, because we got some more players to grade. So um, definitely appreciate everybody showing up. Um, we are going to do a live recap of Wednesday and Thursday night's game. So definitely check us out like we do. And hail to the Wizards. And see you guys next time. And peace. <laughs>